Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately. Extreme Ag, we've already made the mistakes, so you don't have to. Managing your farm's water resources is a critical component to a successful and sustainable farming operation. Advanced Drainage Systems helps farmers just like you increase their yields up to 30% with their technologically advanced water management products. Visit ADSPipe.com to see how they can keep your business flowing. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Well, greetings and welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. We are going to have a great program today because we've got one of our favorite guests. Of course, he's Kelly Garrett, one of the founders of Extreme Ag, Northwest Iowa, West Central, depending on how you draw the map. Uh, he's an Iowa farmer and founder of Extreme Ag, and he is sharing uh, his thoughts today on why you should not panic over the weather yet. You know, we're recording this on May 4th, 2022. If you have been paying attention to the weather, dear listener, it ain't shiny in the Midwest. The corn bells, we call it. You know what? I'm looking out my window here in Northeast Indiana. It's about 58 degrees. It is squishy. If you step off the driveway, you're almost going to sink. It's wet. It's cold. And you know what? Not much has happened here. We got water standing in the fields. There's no soil temperature. And you know, a lot of people chomping the bit, start getting real kind of nervy, like, wait a minute, man, I don't like this. I'm starting to, I'm, I'm going to lose money. Is this really true? Should you be panicking? Kelly Garrett says no, and he's probably behind schedule also because he's got the same weather in Western Iowa as we have here. Kelly, why are you telling me that we shouldn't panic over the weather yet? As wet and cold as it is, I I sit here listening to you, and I, I'm not sure that I wish I was farther ahead than I was. We are definitely behind schedule from you know a, a normal year, if there is such a thing, and we're behind schedule for what we thought we'd have accomplished, but the sun will come out, it'll warm up, and we'll all go to work. Uh, I I just, you know, I'm 47 now. This is my 25th crop. We always get it planted, and adding that stress to it and that emotion to it doesn't make it better. It makes it worse. There's no reason to do it. And, you know, the seed corn companies send out these emails. I think that they are all written by the same guy. Get your corn planted, get your corn planted, get your corn planted. And I just don't agree. So before we hit the record button, I was kind of um, setting this up and I want to make sure the listener gets the good stuff that we were, that we talked about before I hit record on this. I was at a meeting. I speak at meetings all over North America at agricultural functions, of course. And I always sit in on other presenters. And I remember distinctly a presenter was up there and, and it was probably from one of the seed companies saying, we just know this, that every day after May 15th in the corn belt that you don't get your crop planted, you're losing a bushel a day or a bushel and a half a day. And I thought, God, I don't know if that's accurate because there's so many other variables. Could it be that simple every day? And whatever it was, May 12th, May 13th, May 15th, let's just say. Every day after that, you're losing a bushel and a half a day. And I thought, I don't know. There's a lot of other variables. Am I right or is that guy right? That guy's crazy wrong. <laughs> you can't say that. You know, I, I would have no problem planting corn up until the 1st of June. And depending on the year, what if you had to go into June 5th or something like that? Now, you know, we'd all like to be done and We'd like to have a beer and spend the Memorial Day weekend on a boat, but maybe that maybe this year Mother Nature doesn't allow us to do that. But from an income perspective or yield perspective, that's fine. It's it's not a problem. 
Yeah. And I got to say that I go to the Indianapolis 500 every year. It is Memorial Weekend. And I can tell you that there's a lot of corn that's getting planted in the, in the ground on Memorial Weekend. Uh, and I can say that between me and Northern Indiana and Indianapolis, I can drive to, to the Indianapolis 500 and see corn getting planted on Memorial Weekend, which is after that date that they're allegedly losing for. And I can tell you one thing, the Indiana corn average has continued to go up every year. Now, not every year, but if you look at the, the chart, it's gone up on a continuum. Right. Uh, so we must, it must not be killing us. Um, what's the advantage that everybody thinks that they're missing out on? Um, we, you just said the reason is not to. It's colder than hell. My soil right. Wet and cold and damp, and there's not going to be any germination. Uh, it might be flooded out. What's the advantage that somebody's looking for that thinks they should be pushing the envelope? You know, Mike Evans and I were both were just talking about that before we came on air. You know, because I was trying to gather my thoughts, and we don't even have a good answer why they say that. They're they're trying to get their product in the ground because they feel better about it year in and year out than it being uh, extremely late. It's the way they've always done it. I. I failed to come up with an answer to that. I don't understand why. I, but I don't think that they have the farmer's best interest at heart. I think they've got the seed company's best interest at heart. Well, what about the farmer that's concerned about it? Is it mostly just uh, bollocks and braggadocious so they can go to the coffee shop and say, yeah, I'm all done with my corn planting. May 10th, I don't have any more corn to plant. Is that the reason? Does it come down to just keeping up with the Joneses? There, you know, I, I think there's people like that that uh, want to keep up with the Joneses and they want to be the first one done. I don't. I don't want to be the first and I don't want to be the fastest. I want to be the best. And every year we have to make decisions to decide what that is, what the best, what the of the best is. Okay. So we, we titled it why you shouldn't panic over the weather yet. And I want to, again, remind the listener, you and I are recording this May 4th, 2022. It's cold. It's wet. And, and this is the year that we're having in the corn belt. And it's pretty much everywhere. The whole Midwest is pretty much dealing with this West of the Mrs. West of like the, Western states, Kansas, Oklahoma's, I'm told, are just parched. You know, Colorado just parched. Texas parched. Uh, we're in a different situation. We're cold and wet here. Um, why you shouldn't panic over the weather yet? Number one, you say you aren't listening out on anything. Number two, uh, I wondered about this. Is there enough seed? If you did get out there and, and decide you got to keep it with the Joneses, and then that's a failure and you got to replant, do we have the seed? Because it always used to be a thing about replant and you get the seed for free or half off or whatever the thing is, do we even have it with all the supply chain problems? Um, you know, I don't have a, a real definitive answer on that, but I, I think it's something to take into uh, consideration. I think you should check and be on a case-by-case -case basis, probably not a blanket statement there that you should make. Yeah. Well, give me another couple of reasons why you shouldn't panic over the weather yet. Well, especially when it comes to corn planting, you know, I, I make a statement that you want to make your beans yield more, plant them sooner. And if you want to make your corn yield more, plant it later. Let the soil warm up, let it come out. Uh, rushing it in when a cold soil. Now, as soon as it dries up, we'll go back to work. There's no doubt about it. But I've got about 20% of my corn planted. And uh, the corn that we plant next will probably be better than the corn that we've got planted, potentially just because the soil will be warmer when it goes in. Yeah. So just warmth of soil for that corn. I'm going to think about some other reasons why people shouldn't panic. And one of them, I'd say, talk about seed. We talk about genetics. We talk about the technology. You know, uh, when I was a kid, uh, we didn't have, we didn't have this much advancement in the research and in the technology that that stuff that's in that bag is 
on steroids compared to what we used to plant. I mean, isn't right. it better at performing, even if it's going in uh, a week and a half later than what somebody might have thought was ideal? Isn't it going to do better just because of the breeding that's behind it? Yes. And I, you know, though, I don't know that it's all the breeding of the corn that that, that does help. But there is a, a handful of reasons why the corn is getting better. Better technology on the planters, better technology from a foliar perspective. Uh, you know, like on our farm, we do so much better in furrow in our in our two by two fertility programs. Yeah. But yeah, the corn, you know, that it's my 25th crop. We were talking about this the other day. If my on-farm average now isn't 230, I'm disappointed. Yeah. And 25 years ago, if I had a field make 150, that was pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah, we're we've gone up on average. Like I think it's the the chart I saw. Uh, and again, not every year, but don't we increase our corn by about three bushels an acre, roughly two and a half to three bushels an acre every year? I mean, over a 50 year horizon, haven't we basically grabbed 120 more bushels per acre in the last 50 years or something like that? 150 more per acre. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would say so. That's that's correct. <clears throat> okay, so here's what I got to go with why you shouldn't panic over the weather yet. I got another one for you. We do all these trials. We got all these great companies that uh, we do work with and, and, and put out trial plots for them. I think it's too early to panic because we didn't have all that crap 50 years ago. The two by two, the infurrow. Now, you know, you're using FMC's mm-hmm. fungicide. What is it? Skyway. Uh, uh, Skyway. That... You, it'll it'll take care of a fungus problem starting by the time the plant's germinating. You know, we've got so many more tools in our toolbox that give you this latitude. So I would say that the reason not to panic is you just got a lot more stuff that kind of protects you. That's right. There's so much more technology uh, and so much progress in this area. And, you know, ways um, the infertile fertilizer, you know, we, we haven't had that forever. The corn on average will be a point, point and a half drier in the fall than it, than, uh, without infertile fertilizer. And that's probably the main reason that people, well, the main reason people get nervous is they think it will never stop raining. It, yeah. It's going to stop. The sun will come up. The second reason is they worry about the moisture if the corn is fully mature in the fall. And, uh, that, that's a small problem to have to deal with. I would actually say, that having to deal with that wet corn will make your yield better because you there the shrink in the field is more than the pencil shrink, and I would re- way rather take the pencil shrink. I'd explain, like to combine my corn. You better, you better, explain, better explain this. Better explain this. So first off, if you go in late, then of course the corn is still got a lot of greenness to it come October. So then you're saying, do I hold off on harvesting or, or do I just, the conditions are right uh, with the ground and I, I, I don't want to get up against snow. I'm going to go out here and harvest 26% moisture corn instead of waiting until it's down in the 21 or 19 or something like that. So that's a concern because then you're getting docked or you're spending money right. on, on air and electricity and gas to dry this stuff out. So that's one of the concerns about late June 5th planted corn is definitely going to still be green in October. That's one of the concerns, right? Yes, probably the second largest concern. Okay, first largest being yield. First, uh, no, the first the first concern is just pure emotion that it's never going to stop raining and we're never going to get to go back to work. Yeah, so you, you're you're all of a sudden you're pulling your hair out. Well, not for you, but other people are pulling their hair out. 
right. So, yes, exactly. So number two would be about the fact that you're harvesting green corn. You're going to take a dock or you're going to spend, you know, spend on it. But you still, you probably did right by the ground uh, and you did right by the yield even because you don't think that you're even losing yield. What's the pencil shrink? What's you, what are you talking about? So when you go into the elevator, uh, you know, like we go to Anderson's Ethanol here with almost all our corn here by Denison, Iowa, and they will shrink you 1.4% per point of moisture from 25 down to, I think it's 15 and a half. Mm -hmm. So if you take in, well, if you take in 24 and a half percent corn, they're going to shrink you 9% times 1.4%. They're going to shrink you that much to, and that's what your, your yield will be. And a lot of people, you know, you're, uh, they see that shrink on that grain ticket and they feel like somebody took something from them, mm -hmm. but they can't see how the corn dries down in the field. And I assure you it's drying the, the, the shrink in the field is much more than what is written on that ticket. And you are better off to take the wetter corn to the elevator and pay the elevator than you are to allow it to dry in the field. Whoa, I've never heard that. I thought let nature take its course, let that sun and breeze dry that stuff out, let it have a few more days, and then you know what? We're not paying the elevator. You say that because why? Chance of losing the crop uh, gets really wet, and all of a sudden you're rutting up the field harvesting it. I'm just going through the reasons here. It's going to start snowing. Uh, what else? What's the other reasons? Oh, uh, when the corn gets under 18, you know, I heard uh, this is David Hula. He talked about ghost bushels was the term because you can't figure out where it, where it goes. And when that corn gets down under 18, you know, like there'll be a lot of times a coffee shop talk. If you have a dry fall, things like that, the corn gets mature. There'll be people excited about combining 15 or 16% corn because there's no shrink at the elevator. And I overhear that conversation and I shake my head because those people are realizing an income of 10 to 12 bushel less because that's what goes out the back of the combine in fines and you know the points of the kernel break off in the in the okay so your point is when we let that stuff get too dry in the field we're getting a yep. lot of waste through breakage of yep. and, and cracking and so in other words we're degrading we're degrading the crop by letting it get that dry in many cases yes when the corn is under 19 percent that really kind of bothers me because I know that I'm leaving some money in the field and I, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. Because like you said, it, the, the kernel busts and, and we get fines mm -hmm. and all of a sudden we're, we're flinging it. Head chatter. Yeah. That's an interesting point. You know what? Even I learn something every time that I do one of these recordings, not just with you, but with the other guys from Extreme Ag. And I want to remind our listeners to keep tuning in to all the great stuff from Extreme Ag. We're taking a little mid-show break here to remind them that there's about a hundred of these things, man. We've been cranking out all kinds of stuff. If you didn't go to Commodity Classic, go and look at all of the great stuff we covered at Commodity Classic. If you didn't go to the Farm Progress Show, we did for you. This is what we do here at Extreme Ag. We basically are your cliff notes. We are your uh, library. We're in your encyclopedia. We are your source of information go and check out all the past stuff we've done i also want to remind you at this very point in time that you cannot afford to waste fertilizer but if your crops are not utilizing the fertility you've applied you are doing just that dear listener think about this fertilizer is up four times on average what it was just four years ago agrison can help they have at agrison innovative products that make nutrients more available to your plants visit agrison.com to get more bang for your fertility buck that's a-g-r-i-c-e-n agrison.com all right kelly why you shouldn't panic over the weather yet 
People also then start making rash business decisions. They aren't out there in the fields, so they do sit at their desk a little bit, and they just and and they know that the farmers down the road are probably you know doing something. So what should I do? Then they start changing their marketing plan. Have you changed your marketing plan? Have you started to uh, to sell, not sell, um, change what you're going to do because it's wet and cold? No. A couple of weeks ago, we switched 500 acres from corn to beans. This is before we ever started. We did that because of the, the, the prices and what we feel the net income on corn is versus beans. Yep. Uh, I feel really good about that switch today. If there was any crop that I would worry about a yield penalty on because of this late planting, it'd be soybeans. Uh, so we switched, those five, we switched to 500 acres because of price, but now that decision looks even better with the late planting. You know, and, and but yet you have the seed companies that are saying, don't worry about the beans, get that corn in. I would be just 180 degrees opposite of that. They're saying, don't worry about the beans, get the corn in. And you say, nope, the corn can wait till the conditions improve and put the soybeans in. So this puts right. you at odds. Uh, you, but you have some track record. You're not just pulling this out, uh, you know, just pulling this out of uh, thin air. You actually have some experience with this. Right. And, you know, we have the ability that we will plant both crops at the same time. I would tell you I'd really like to plant my beans the first of April and then wait till the end of April to plant the corn. This year it didn't allow us to do that. And but I'm not a bit worried about my corn. The bean, the bean acres, you know, it'll be interesting to see, but there's a chance that we'll see a little yield penalty. Beans are such a mathematical crop, is how I say it. It's how many you put another node on every three days, and the nodes on your soybean plant are where the pods come out. And we're going to stop putting on nodes, you know, somewhere at the end of June, give or take. Okay, right, right around that summer solstice, we'll we'll stop as much vegetative growth, and we'll go into a reproductive stage. So the further along we get in the calendar, the less nodes I feel like I've got time to put on, and that could limit my yield in soybeans. In corn, though, it's fine. We're gonna the soil will warm up. We'll get it planted. Might be a little wetter when we harvest it, but the yield will still be there. All right. So you just said some really important stuff there about the development, et cetera. Um, there's going to be people that say, wait a minute, you know what? My dad never put soybeans out before corn. And, and you've been saying this now for a couple of years and you have the track record to prove that it's actually still the right decision. You've not got any, you've got, you've got no negatives to doing what you said, soybeans before corn. None, nope. right? You don't have nope. any negatives at all. Nope. Uh, does it uh, does it mean that all of a sudden you can't harvest everything all at once? Does it mean that the soybeans and the corn are coming to do it at the same time? Was it meaning like that? No, no, it it, it doesn't. The it still depends upon the relative maturity, especially of your corn, you know. And uh, no, that doesn't mean that at all. I uh, I like to I like to manage that moisture, and I like to plant a diverse choice of corn hybrids because again. I want to keep that corn as what well. I'd like to combine all that corn at 19, 20%, 21% if I could. Yeah, I like that ghost, ghost bushels, um, uh, stuff going out the back of your combine that you don't even realize. And then there's another one that I kind of want to throw at you, uh, why you shouldn't panic over the weather yet, especially as it relates to corn planting. Uh, just because it's planted doesn't mean it's doing anything. Uh, so if you wait another, if you wait another 10 days and then it's, perfect conditions or near perfect as we get here in the Midwest 
and it germinates in three days after planting versus the stuff that you put out there and it laid around and you hoped it didn't rot for three weeks, there's no difference, right? It's just a seed. The only thing it did was it was in the ground and you put your planter in the shop and, and that's it, right? Right. I mean, you haven't really, uh, lost, you haven't really lost anything. You haven't lost it. There, there will be that, that seed that's in the ground, there'll be some root development that the later planted seed won't have. So there'd be a small advantage there, but, uh, you know, it's tough to predict what the yield would be there, but there's nothing wrong with having a bigger root system. Mm -hmm. Uh, but no, it's, you know, it's going to, it takes, well, it takes, it takes so many GDUs for it all to come up mm -hmm. and it's not going to come out of the ground until you reach that point. What about the middle part of it? Why it's hard because, you know, uh, I, I know farm people, they really, they're stress baskets, man. Uh, they, they get stomach aches. They get, uh, they need to take pills or whatever. Is, is it the middle part of it? That's the hardest part to manage. Yes. You worry and you don't have control fear of the unknown. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what's your recommendation to those people? Be organized, have the ability to be efficient. And when you can go to work, go to work, but control the controllables and we can't, we can't control mother nature. I used to worry about it. You know, maybe that's where my hair went and now it'd be like, we're, we'll be ready to go to work. That's one of my, you know, um, my employees and my son and things like that, you know, they, they'll get a bit anxious about that. We can't go to the field and I'll be like, you know, let's enjoy this time and catch up on jobs around the farm that we don't have done. And when it's time to go to work, we'll go to work, but there's, there's no reason to be, emotional about it there's no reason to be stressed about it i got another reason i would say why you shouldn't panic over the weather yet and, it, and it's not going to be for everybody but we did one of our big uh, webinars as you uh, should know dear listener if you are one of the paying members uh you get more exclusive content and you also get invited to a monthly webinar and we did uh, a couple of these already and matt miles said something pretty smart he said you know what there's going to be somebody that judges you for having really big uh, modern equipment. I said, but here's why that's foolish to be judgmental versus looking at it as a pure tool. If you've got a weather situation like this spring where it's cold and wet, there's going to be a time when the conditions do get right. And there's going to be this window of opportunity when you're not going to lose any yield, uh, but you better get rolling, right? If you've got the right equipment, you can get a hell of a lot done uh, versus if you've got still uh, your old equipment from 40 years ago and it's not quite as efficient. So I think the reason not to panic is if you've got the, if you've got modern equipment, you've been doing your job of putting in the precision planting stuff and the, all that, you're not missing out on much because when it's go time, you're going to cover a lot more ground. Am I right? Yes. I would tell you that we probably, we run four planters, which is probably at least to most people, one extra. Uh, we were on three combines, which probably to most people is one extra. But I want to I want to have the ability to tighten down my planting window. I'd like to really get those beans in early if I can. And I want to wait a few extra days and let that ground warm up for that corn. And then I want to be able to get it in. And the yield benefit from that, I feel like more than pays for that extra planter. And then if we get into a situation like this, it really allows us to get the job done when we have to. On the back end, I want to get those beans combined and manage that moisture. I want to get that corn combined and manage that moisture. I don't want to let it get too dry in the field and let those ghost bushels start doing their thing. I would like to beat them to the punch before that happens. 
I'm just gonna pull my calculator right here because I remember when Matt made that comment. He said, "All right, let's just say by waiting until the conditions are right, and then being able to still get it in that window. You'd like your window to be, I'm guessing, ten days. If you get all of your corn planted in seven to ten days, which is a lot, but you also are equipped so you can do that. Is seven to ten days an accurate uh, time frame? Yes." So the problem is, if you miss that because you aren't equipped and aren't ready to do it, then you might be in a situation where you are losing some bushels because it did get into June. You know, you're up against a crop insurance window and they won't even insure it. Like here, I think it's June 4th. Let's just say you lose five bushels. Well, five bushels at seven bucks is 35 bucks. Then take 35 bucks and put it across all of your acres. If you farm just 1,000 acres of corn, it's $35,000. Yeah. $35,000 um, amortizing over 10 years, you can make a, a, a payment on a modern planter, on a, on a planter, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, $35,000 a year goes a hell of a long way towards some sort of an equipment uh, payment, I would think. So it makes that payment and it takes a lot of stress off your shoulders. Yeah. Right. So there's the money part of it. Why else should we not panic over the weather yet? It's only May 4th and the sun, <laughs> again, the sun will come out. We'll get it done. When Never in history have we not gotten it done. Why do you think it's going to change this year? Yeah, that's one thing. Uh, when they talk about uh, unplanted acres or, or whatnot, that's, I, that's really not, that's happened once in the last 20 years around here where we did the prevent planting. And I think that was more of a, income and business decision based on insurance than it was could we have still made a crop uh for my my people around here does that sound accurate yes it does so when should we panic i just never let him see you sweat i just won't <laughs> june 1st if it's still if it's still 60 degrees still 60 degrees and if it is still i just got back to the farm if it's 60 and gray i'm going to um i'm not going to panic I'm going to go to the Fort Wayne airport and fly to Phoenix, Arizona, and just say, I come back to the Midwest until it finally gets hot and sunny. Uh, when should we panic? You know, if we get to June 1st and we still don't have it planted or we have a large portion up then, then I'll start to get, I'll start to become nervous, but not until then. I agree with you completely. Uh, anything else we should know while it's springtime here to, to our listeners, because, you know, um, maybe we sound like, to the listener, uh, the investment broker. Oh, I know that your portfolio just went down 20%, but don't worry about it. It'll come back. We're not doing that. We're not talking you off the ledge. No. We're just giving you, we're giving you straight stuff. And we're also giving you the data. Kelly has never had a crop failure just because he planted corn May 23rd. It's just, it's not, it's not the case. That's right. What else do we need to make sure that our listeners know? Uh, you know, don't be emotional. Be ready to go to work and be organized and go get it done. I like it right there. Why you shouldn't panic over the weather yet. We're recording this for beginning first week of May. Um, you know what? Please share this with your friends because I know there's a lot of angst out there. We know that mental health is critically important. Uh, stay positive. Don't stress. And, and realize uh, we still got a lot of season in front of us. So. His name is Kelly Garrett. Check out all of our cool stuff at extremeag.farm. Share it with your friends. We uh, appreciate you being here and uh, stay tuned. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Damien. Till next time, it's Cutting the Curve. That's a wrap for this episode of Cutting the Curve, but there's plenty more. 
check out ExtremeAg.farm, where you can find past episodes, instructional videos, and articles to help you squeeze more profit out of your farm. Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Advanced Drainage Systems, the leader in agriculture water management solutions.